0: Welcome to the 23 Minutes in Hell podcast. Author and speaker Bill Weiss and his wife Annette address the many questions we all have about hell and eternity. Bill and Annette believe the subject of hell shouldn't grip us with fear, but instead it should inspire us to use our time on earth wisely.
1: Thank you for joining my wife and I. Today we are talking about overcoming trials.
0: And this podcast today will encourage you and provide you with specific instruction of how to get through any trial or difficulty you may be facing. And this teaching is highlighted from Bill's book, Recession Proof Living, and is critical for every Christian to understand and apply in our lives. And God's will does not automatically happen in our lives. We are in a war. The scripture is clear. We will have trials, and that spiritual warfare is real.
1: So true. You know, listen to what Jesus said in John 16, 33. He said, These things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, but, uh, but thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. And then 1 John 5:4 says, For whosoever is born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, even our faith. So Jesus has already provided us with the victory. We must learn to walk in it.
0: That's so true, Bill.
1: You know, as Christians, no matter what uh, we face in life, we will have to exercise faith. Now, faith is one of the most important topics in the entire Bible for these reasons. Jesus will be looking for faith when he returns to the earth. And that's in Luke eighteen eight. We walk by faith, 2 Corinthians 5 7. We live by faith, Galatians 3 11. We are saved through faith, uh, Ephesians 2 8 9. And we can't please God without faith. And that's in Hebrews eleven six. 6.
0: And when we face difficulties and trials, how do we come through them? First we must understand that God is not moved by our desperate need or by our whining and begging. Again, as Hebrews 11:6 says, we cannot please God without faith. We cannot receive God's help without trusting in his faithfulness to help us and in what his word promises when we believe it. So, what does this look like? Well, Bill, I just wanted to share that for me, I usually get mad. I get mad at the devil when killing, stealing or destruction is happening in the lives of those I love or my sphere of influence. I ask God for insight and wisdom. Proverbs 4, 7 tells us wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom. You know, I always feel like that's that's a great starting place is to ask God for wisdom in this particular situation. That's right. You know, there is no formula for victory. We cannot separate exercising our faith from being led by God's Spirit. We must exercise obedience in both these areas. You know, when we are experiencing despair and great discouragement or great sorrow, we may first have to put on some worship music and just sit in God's presence and allow him to comfort, minister to us, and strengthen us. Or read aloud scriptures promising us God's help, comfort, deliverance, and strength. You know, it, it will look different for all of us. We must feed on God's faithfulness continually knowing that he loves us and that he will bring us through our trial.
1: That's right. You know, speaking of a trial, there was a period of time where I had a financial lack in my life. This is before we were married and, um, my house payment was due and it was $1,800 and I didn't have the money. Uh, I was already had too much on credit cards and, um, I really did not want to have this payment be late. I had never had a late payment in my life, and I really valued my credit. I had a high credit score, and it was the 29th day of the month, so it was 29 days late now, so I knew a 30-day late would go on my credit, and so I was at an open house praying and said, Lord, I've always tithed and given offerings, and you said you would always provide. We would have lack of nothing in our household, and but I've gone through this difficult time, which uh, there was a reason for, but too long to go into now. And um, so I was praying and a couple hours went by. And then finally a lady walks in and she says, you're Bill Weese," And I said, yes. And she goes, I've been looking for you all morning. And I said, really? And she goes, you sold me my house five years ago. I said, oh, I remember now. And uh, she says, well, I remember at the time you had cut your commission. And I said, well, how did you know that? Because the seller pays the commission, not the buyer. And she says, I just remember, I don't know how much you cut it, but this morning I got up and I just felt that I was supposed to find you. So I've been driving all over the city looking for your open house signs because I didn't know where you were. And I saw your signs and I thought, I got to come and give this to you. And she hands me $2,000 in cash.
0: Wow.
1: Now this is a, she's not saved. She's not a Christian. So it wasn't God, so to speak, but it was God influencing her, right? Influencing her heart.
0: That's a um, miracle because it's it, a lot of Christians would never part with $2,000 from five years ago, let alone somebody who doesn't know God.
1: Right. And five years later, and and it happened to be $2,000. I needed $1,800 for my house payment, and I wanted to tithe through that. So $2,000 left $200 for tithing, and 10%, and $1,800 to pay the payment. So I went down the next morning to the bank and caught it before they put on a late notice and paid it. Now, tell me, what are the chances in that happening, somebody finding me after five years and giving me $2,000? And on
0: that day. Exactly. That is a total miracle. That's an amazing story, Bill.
1: Yes, God's so good. That's his faithfulness. Because he said, if you tithe and give offerings, you'll never lack.
0: He says, he'll
1: rebuke the devourer for your sake. And he'll open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing where there's not room enough to receive.
0: And God, and that's in Malachi, he says, test me in this. That's the only place I think in scripture God says to test him. That's right. That's really amazing. You know, and Bill, in addition, you know, everyone's faith is at a different level. Right. And our faith needs to be exercised. We have all been given a measure of faith. Romans twelve three says, no one is given a greater amount. So we all start off with the same amount. And according to the scripture, we can have no faith. Mark 4.40, weak faith, Romans 4.20, little faith, Matthew 6.30, shipwreck faith, 1 Timothy one do Don't know where your faith is, as it says in Luke 8.25. We can have strong faith, Romans 4.20, or great faith, Matthew 15.28. Or unfeigned faith—that's—that means sincere, genuine, without hypocrisy type of faith—and that's in Second Timothy one five. We can have, we can be full of faith. Acts six five, and Acts fourteen nine states, and perceiving that he had faith to be healed. In other words, the man had enough faith, but the converse or the reverse could be true, right? right. He may not have had enough faith to be healed, right? So his faith had something to do with that.
1: Right. So our faith is like a muscle. You know, we're all given the same muscles. Uh, you know, so a bodybuilder, he has the same muscles. He's just to develop them. So it's the same with our faith. We have to develop our faith. Now, some Christians become offended when they hear that they may not have enough faith. They'll say, you mean to tell me I don't have enough faith? Yes, that's exactly what I'm saying. We are, we are all growing in our faith. We must be humble and honest. We must ask ourselves, where is my faith right now? If we know our faith is weak, then we need to feed our faith. We want to feed on God's word daily because challenges and trials are a part of this life in this fallen, sin-filled world. You know, how do we acquire faith? It comes by hearing, by reading his word, by speaking it out of our own mouths, and by listening to good biblical teachings on the subject. There is no other way to acquire faith. Romans 10, 17 says, so then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we have to hear it and hear it and hear
0: it. Yes, because it's like a seed going into our hearts. That's how the Bible describes the word of God, like a seed. Right. And we have to plant it. And then let's, let's look at three ingredients of faith that are really important. And the first one is love. And Galatians 5, 6 says, faith, which worketh by love. First Corinthians 13, 2 states, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not love, I am nothing. So if we have no love in our life, our faith is void, or if we're not walking in love towards others. So that's a requirement for faith to work, uh, you know, for us is to walk in love.
1: That's right. That's the most important ingredient. That
0: is of all of them. And then secondly, patience is an ingredient. And James 1.3 states that the trying of our faith or testing of our faith worketh patience. And you can see Romans 5.3, Hebrews 6.12, Hebrews 10.36, James 1.4, James uh, James, 5.7, 2 Peter 1.6, and Revelation 3.10, and so forth. Um, speak of that so if we have little or no patience then we can also have little or no faith we will have many tests to develop our patience Uh, are we committed to stay with it and not waver as james 1 6 through 8 says and not allow doubt to come out of our mouths and you know our actions and time proves whether we believe god or not and that's how patience works patience is like working with faith Right. Because sometimes we've got to wait a while. You know, we don't always get our prayers. I wish we did, you know, answered instantly. But most of the time, that's not the case. We need to have patience. That's right. And then the third ingredient is works. James 2.17 says, even so faith, if it has not works, is dead being alone.
1: That's true. And now in James 2.16 says this about the poor and the needy. This is to do with uh, works. If one of you says to them, go in peace, keep warm and and well-fed, but does nothing about their physical needs, what good is it, right? If you say to the poor, oh, go your way, be in peace. Well, you don't help them, you know, that that does nothing. If you don't give them money, clothes, or housing, then your faith is dead. Your words mean nothing without your giving. By works uh, was faith made perfect, and that's verse 22. Faith needs to have corresponding action. Our mouth and our actions have to show we believe it.
0: So true, Bill. You know, and how many or how often uh, many of us doubt and then wonder why we haven't received from God. We become double-minded, as it speaks of in James 1.8. We use the excuse that, well, it must not be God's will, rather than admit our faith may not be as developed as it should when the apostles asked Jesus why they couldn't cast out a devil from the man's son, he said, because of your unbelief. And that's in Matthew 17, 20. Jesus didn't, didn't pull any punches. He wasn't placing condemnation on them. He just let them know the truth. Right. He wanted them to learn and grow. And that is what we should be willing to do.
1: Right. We shouldn't be offended when we know our faith isn't that strong. You know, we should be able to receive correction from his word. Jesus said over and over, your faith has made you whole. Look at the woman with issue of blood in Matthew 9, verses 20 through 22. What about blind Bartimaeus in Mark 10, 46 through 52? What about the man who was let down through the roof in Mark 2, verse 4? Or what about the woman from Canaan in Matthew 15, 22 through 28? And look at the centurion in Matthew 8, 5 through 10. And look at the story about Jairus' daughter in Mark 5.23. In each case, it was their faith that brought the healing. And the woman with the issue of blood didn't even ask him for her healing. She just said, if if I may but touch his garment, I shall be whole in Matthew 9.21. Jesus was pleased with her faith. I mean, can you imagine? She didn't even uh, ask him to pray. She just boldly went and took it. She knew if I could touch his garment... I'm healed. Jesus really liked that. that yes. showed great ab- faith.
0: Absolutely. You know, we are able to appropriate the blessings of God because of what Jesus has done for us. It is his faith that obtained the things of God for us. We simply receive them by ex- exercising our faith and what he has done. Our faith is entrusting what he has accomplished.
1: That's right. You know, as we mentioned earlier, God is not moved by our whining and begging. To have faith is to show we trust and rely upon him and not look at the circumstances. We simply ask him in faith, trust him, and thank him for the victory. The reason the Bible says that we can't please God without faith is because God is pleased when he can bless us. He can't bless us unless we show him faith. Now, it is obvious throughout the scriptures we have to ask for things that are scriptural and that's in First John 5, 14. Well, that goes without saying.
0: Good point. You, you know, know, and we might, we might be trusting God for our children to be saved or set free or for finances, for healing, for protection, for direction or whatever we need. So what we need to do is dig into the word of God, into our Bibles and find scriptures to pray and speak over those specific needs that we have.
1: Exactly. You know, what circumstance, problem or dream have you given up on? Are you willing to examine your faith, welcome God's correction, and receive his blessings? We encourage you to put your faith into action today.
0: If you enjoyed today's podcast, please be sure to leave us a rating or comment. We value your feedback. Stay in touch and learn more about this ministry by visiting us at soulchoiceministries.org.